Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. It is the divine mercy of God that our Lord wants to further reveal to us in this time and this Mass today. Because in the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 15, we see very clearly our Lord's disposition to the tax collectors and the greatest of all sinners. And when the Pharisees question Jesus about what he's doing with those sinners, our Lord Jesus Christ then proceeds to tell parable after parable after parable, showing his posture toward the greatest of all sinners and showing the Pharisees the heart of God that they'd forgotten, and it's the heart of mercy. And I tell you that I have looked at this, and in praying and preparing and looking at the scriptures and the mass, even as long as I've known Jesus, we will, my friends, no matter how long we've known our Lord, be continually growing in the greater experience of the mercy of God over our lives. And I don't think you will find a greater chapter in all of Scripture where Jesus puts on display the merciful nature of God towards man. And that's what we look at this morning. And as I said, Jesus is responding to the Pharisees who are questioning his actions. Listen to the beginning of St. Luke chapter 15. Then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me. For I have found my sheep that was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. And the Pharisees, they are disgusted that Jesus would let people such as this come to him. And they were extraordinarily disturbed that Jesus Christ would dine with them. Why? Because in that day and age, dining with someone was more than a mutual filling of bellies by putting food in our mouth. When someone would dine with someone over a meal, it was the sharing of self. That you might know me, and I might know you, and we might come together in blessed fellowship, connect and be one in fellowship. That's what it meant to dine together. And the Pharisees there aghast that Jesus Christ would dine with these great sinners and tax collectors. And so he gives him this parable as well as others that we'll talk about in a moment to show them the nature of God. It's as if he's saying to them, I am the good shepherd, which we know he says in other places. It's as if he's saying to them, the love that I am pursues, runs after, will never cease to go after every beloved sheep that I have created that's lost to me right now. I will pursue them. And when I find them, and if they will turn to me as I seek after them, there's no greater joy in me and in all of heaven 
because I care far less where they have been and what they have done. I care far more that I've come to them and they've returned to me. And if they will have me at table with them, I will fellowship with them. I will dine with them and I will show them the fullness of mercy and I will heal all that is, is wounded within them and redeem them to myself. He goes on to tell two other parables, the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the prodigal son, just to further emphasize the merciful nature of the Lord their God. And I want us to remember today the parable of the prodigal son. Now I know that we have heard the parable of the prodigal son hundreds of times over. We have read it or heard it and so on. It doesn't matter. Because we will never plumb the depths of the mercy of God that is there to be found in the prodigal son story. Because it is the story of us all. Every day of our lives. So let's remember this great parable. And see what it's saying to us about our Lord. And how we might respond to him in his mercy. So we know the father has sons in this great house. And one of his sons goes to the father. And he says, Father... Give me my inheritance. I want to leave the order of your house and I want to go and experience what the world has to offer outside of your home. And so the father, allowing the will of the son to be done, gives him his inheritance and off he goes. And we know that as the son goes and departs not only the house but even country of the father. He wastes every bit of his inheritance on absolutely horrendous sinful living. He spends it on women and prostitutes and drunkenness. And I could go on and on what he wastes his inheritance on. And suddenly a famine hits the land about the time that he is out of all of his inheritance. And we find him having a job to feed pigs. Remember that pigs are unclean creatures to the Hebrew people. They find him feeding the pigs, but they also find him eating the only thing he has to eat because of the famine, and that is the very food he feeds the pigs. So what is he doing? He is eating the food of uncleanness into himself. And we see him in such a far less human condition than he was in when he was in the father's house. And when he comes to this bottom point almost dead, he wakes up to himself. He comes back to himself with blessed repentance and a newfound humility. Because remember what our Christian definition of repentance is according to our church. It is coming back to our true self. It's waking up. It's by the guidance of the Holy Spirit seeing where we're not our true selves. And that blessed blast of water in our face to wake us up. And so we see what we're not, what we should be, and we return to the one who can bring us there. That's repentance in the church. And so the son comes to repentance and he said, I will go to my father's house. But I will go and I will ask him to just let me be a servant. I know what I've done. I know what I've become. I am not worthy to be a son in my father's house. Therefore, I pray he'll take me in as a servant because even the servants... Live a thousand times more healthy life than I am right now. And we see so importantly as he returns to the father's house. The nature of the Lord our God even before the son gets to the door. 
The father sees him from a distance. The father rushes out to him. Not even awaiting his son to come to him. He goes to him. And filled with compassion, the father runs to him with great joy and celebration. And it says, listen to this. This son who wasted everything and is not near the human person he was before. He goes to the son and says he fell on his neck, kissing his neck of his son. And he puts a robe around him. And he puts a ring on his finger. And he puts sandals on his feet. He says, kill the fatted calf. Because today we celebrate. I thought my son was dead. But he's returned alive. And we see the celebration occur. And my friends, this is what our Father's heart is toward every last one of us. He is the God of unlimited mercy. He is the God that desires us to return to Him time and time again and find utter and complete restoration in our lives. And He never is anything else toward us. The depth of our sin, the depth of our coming short of God, the breadth of our falling short of the true creation that God has created us to be, will not ever and cannot change the disposition of the Lord your God towards you. Not one day of your life, not one moment. And we say that He is the Lord God of mercy and restoration. And let's look a bit deeper into this because mercy and restoration dance together from God. They're connected. Remember the definition of mercy. We've said this a number of times here. Mercy of God is this. When we who could never deserve or earn anything good from God, in truth, we are told that the wages of our falling short, the wages of our sin, deserve death. We could never earn or deserve anything else. And yet when we come to Him, He stays the wages of our fallenness and our sinfulness. And He proceeds to give us the absolute opposite of what we deserve. When we deserve nothing, He gives us everything. That is the mercy of God being played out in all of our lives. And we see this definition of mercy in the prodigal son parable. The son completely wasted the entire inheritance bestowed upon him by his father. And he did so in such dreadful ways. And the son himself in his human person wasted away to such a lesser human condition that he once had in the order of his father's house. But in newfound and authentic humility when he returns... But he returns in the humility of knowing he should only be counted a servant, no longer worthy of being a son. And what is the divine movement of the father towards him? He rushes to, to him. And though the son is far from deserving any good, any good, look at what the father does that shows the nature of Christ, his heart and his mercy. Rather than either rejecting his son completely for all that he had done or saying to him, son, you're correct. You're not worthy to be a son any longer. Take your place among the servants. I'll give you orders later. This is not the movement of the father. Instead, what does he do? Filled with thanksgiving and mercy and compassion, the father restores his sonship to him completely. And we see this in the imagery where it says the father put a ring on his finger. Don't let that line escape you. Don't go past it so quickly. I want you to hear what St. Peter Chrysologus, 
Bishop of Ravenia in the early 400s said about this ring on his finger. Give him a ring for his finger. The Father's mercy is not content to restore only his innocence. Now I could stop there because I know in my life, and you may say the same thing, his mercy to me would be complete with just the restoration of innocence lost. How many of us long in our lives to have innocence restored to us that we have lost along the way in this journey of life by our own choices, by the things that life has thrown against us, by things that have happened to us? His mercy to me, if you restored my innocence, that would be enough. But St. Peter says that's not enough in the mind and heart of God. He says the Father's mercy is not content to restore only his innocence. Mercy also restores his honor. What is he talking about? His personhood as a son, his integrity, his dignity of a son of the Father. The mercy of God restores all of this. I pray that we are beginning to see a greater glimpse of the mercy of God, the unlimited mercy of God, unwarranted mercy of God, that He is and that He gives to every one of us as He pursues us and we return to Him. My friends, the question that our Lord has for us is if you have even seen a glimpse of my divine mercy in your lives, if you have seen my mercy, then why do you keep withholding parts of the illness of your soul, not bringing them to me? If you understand my mercy, if you have experienced the fact that I will pick you up and dust you off and cleanse you and heal you and robe you and put, a, put the ring on your finger, restoring your complete sonship, why do you hold your woundedness to yourself? Why do you not come back to yourself? And then return to me and see how I'll rush after you and clothe you once again. You see, what we're talking about, and in Trinity time, this season, after we've all experienced the fullness of the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ and the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, we're now in that blessed and final season of the liturgical year where we say, O oh Lord, based on everything you are and everything you have done, how then shall we live? If we are experiencing all of this mercy, the coming back to ourself and returning to him and experiencing it again and again, this is the life of holy repentance that the fathers talk about. This is what we're called to. You see, this prodigal son who had come to his last and wasted away everything that he ever had. This prodigal son at his bottom point, he became undone. He saw himself for who he truly was. And with that newfound humility, he made the right call and returned to the Father and he was restored. We see this in the great prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah is given that blessed vision of the eternal kingdom of God, and he sees but the train of the robe of God filling the eternal temple. And when he sees the light of perfection and holiness, he says the same words. Woe to me, I am what? I am undone. I see myself clearly. 
And what did he do? He repented. And what did God do? He healed and restored and made a man of God out of Isaiah. And the one who said, I'm a man of unclean lips, God cleansed it and said, who will be my mouthpiece? And he became that great prophet. That's the mercy of God. And I tell you the truth today. And I pray you'll hear this far more with your hearts than your minds. It is entirely impossible for you and I to experience the fullness of the divine mercy of God unless we will allow ourselves to become undone. Think about it. Think about it. Only when we're willing to look at ourselves with the precision and clarity of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, only when we see our need that clearly and then thrust ourselves to the God of mercy, only then can we experience the mercy and healing and restoration of God. When we see our illness in our soul as clearly as the leper and the blind and the maimed saw their physical illness went to Christ and were totally restored of body, only then will we experience the divine mercy of God. And I tell you this, that anyone here and anyone in His holy church who experiences the divine mercy of God after being undone, their lives are changed forever and they offer all that they have to God as a living offering, which is the worship of every Christian. And it begins with the first verse of the Gospel of St. Luke in chapter 15, when we're told the tax collectors and the sinners, they came to him. They came to him. And then the Pharisees' words in the second verse are actually the only right words they had to say. That when the tax collectors and sinners came to Jesus, he received them and ate with them. That's what this banquet is all about. To come to cry out for mercy being undone and to receive the restoration of our sonship in Christ. May we be a people that become undone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.